0: Welcome back to another episode of Arthritic Bourbon Bikers, and we just were saying that maybe we should change the name of this to Arthritic Bourbon Bike Packers, but either way, welcome back. Today, we just decided to randomly kind of throw this together. It's It's a humid, but kind of cloudy, rainy Missouri summer day. We're in the middle of July, for those of you who are listening and maybe don't know what the date on this is. And uh, we're in the middle of the second wave of COVID, pandemic, whatever. And, but we have a few things to talk about today. So one of the things I wanted to touch base with was, you just got back from this epic <laughs> bike trip, yeah. which was sort of like, just set this up a little bit. You, you went down to chaperone a senior trip that had been delayed because of the right. pandemic down in Florida, you spent a week down there taking care of a bunch of high school graduates, which you deserve a medal for that, number one.
1: That's an adventure, yeah.
0: And then you decided to go out, you took your bike with you, and you decided to do some riding, and you were left high and dry, no vehicle. Right. Vehicles left, there you are, stuck in Florida on a bicycle with all your gear. Yep. How did it go? Tell us us a little Uh, bit.
1: Well, the first day, you know, I had to kind of make sure they got off.
0: Yes, uh, well, right. and it's fair to say this was in, started in Destin, Destin, right? We'll give yeah. some geography here. Destin, Florida. Yeah, it's hot Florida. and
1: humid there as well.
0: And, yep. uh,
1: and so I'm waving goodbye, the buses are going, and uh, then I look at my bike, I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> here's just, Here it is. Just me and Gertie, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, I had to figure out where I was going. Uh, I really wanted to just see some coastal Florida, along the Panhandle and then maybe down around Tampa. Um, but it was hard to get lodging, hard to figure that out. And what I ended up doing, I'm a little bit of a, a little OCD, so I wanted to go to the very western edge of of Florida. So from Destin, I went, I went west, and I ended up going all the way to Gulf Shores, Alabama.
0: And that was because you could find some ca- some camping. Locations and, yeah. or lo- and or lodging or whatever, kind of on the Alabama side. Mm-hmm. Florida got kind of crazy there, but some of the campgrounds were sort of at half occupancy, right? Yep. yep. But yep. also because you're sort of the bike packer, tent camper, bike or backpacker style person, they they had limited access for those types of people. Right? They're sort of reserving yeah. their space for a lot of RVs. It sounded like.
1: Yeah, I think they probably make more revenue on the RV guys. They stay longer. They set up shop, stay week, two, a month, whatever, and. Uh, so I was, at one point, though, camping between a couple RVs in a little tiny tent um, or a hammock because it was so hot. Um, but, yeah, they they don't seem to have as many tent campers. Um, in some campgrounds, I really did spend a lot of time from the computer working on this. Some of the campgrounds didn't even allow tent camping. Yeah. their are RVs or nothing.
0: There was also still some lingering effects from the hurricanes of past a little bit in some yeah. of the places it sounded like from what you told me and also... Um, it seemed like that some places just weren't taking, like you say, taking people at all. And, you know, it was, it's, it's a weird time for, for camping. And down in that area, there's really not a lot of places to, to quote-unquote stealth camp necessarily. Yeah. Right. Um, and you needed access to things like water and all that kind of stuff. So, you know.
1: Yeah. There were some mm-hmm. logistical uh, problems because a lot of it is urban. But I did, you know, I went up kind of north of uh, Pensacola Bay to Milton one day. Um, and that was pretty rural. That was a little different. Definitely a different feel up there. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't really do any off-roading. It was all tarmac, all pavement. I don't, I don't think I ever really went on a, on a limestone trail at all. I was on a lot of roads. There were some paved trails, designated trails and bike lanes. But... Uh, I was on the hot pavement a lot, you know, long time. So you
0: went from Destin to Gulf Shores? Yeah. And then uh, you overnighted in Gulf Shores?
1: I did, actually I did two nights. Two nights? Because I wanted to explore. So that was about a 95-mile day
0: mm-hmm. to
1: get all the way over there, and I had a late start. So I rolled in pretty late, uh, it was getting dark, and uh, then it was a real nice state park. Uh, I think it's just called Gulf State Park in Alabama, it's really nice. Lots of camping capacity. Um, and so what I wanted to do is get up the next day and explore. And so I decided to ride, it was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe 20 miles or less, to the ferry terminal to get to Dolphin Island. Um, and that's really a neat place. There is a bridge coming in from the north, but for me to get to the bridge would have been probably a 40, 50 mile ride.
0: Uh, yeah. So
1: I went to the terminal and I rode around the island and then came back. Um, it's pretty crowded. It was starting to loosen up, so lots of people coming down into coastal Alabama. And so, even getting dinner was, was kind of sometimes an hour wait, depending on where you're looking for. Wow, yeah. So, I, I camped two nights there, and man, it was hot. I, you know, I have a pretty good, pretty good bike or backpacking style tent, but it was just so hot. There's no ventilation because the mesh is so fine. So, I just put up the hammock and, and stayed. And so, I, I fought the bugs.
0: So you had a hammock and you had the tent, but you didn't have the bug net or any of that stuff for the hammock, right? So yeah, you, were, you were to kind carry of minimizing. it. Yeah.
1: yeah, I didn't have a rain fly for the hammock. I didn't have a bug net. I thought if it was going to be one of those problems, I would just stay in the tent. So uh, lots of lots of uh, sort of trade-offs I found. I, you know, I almost didn't take the hammock, but um, I wanted to camp in it if I wanted to. And I also, you know, I might really, if I want to be at the beach, I'll have to try and find a place to put up the hammock was able to find a pier under which to hang the ham. I just spent all day one day just right there by the water. That was pretty neat. So
0: then you went from so you went from Gulf Shores to Milton. Yep,
1: Milton. And that's where I burned some holiday inn points. I was right. dirty, sweaty, needed a real shower that uh, and some laundry. I really I didn't want to just, you know, wash in a sink somewhere. I, I wanted to take my you know, really do some laundry. Right. Um, and that was that was uh, a you know, holiday inn <laughs> night <There's> Some I was <laughs> going by but, um, so that, uh, that was good. You know, my, my routine when I did something like that was, I go in, I just find a place that'll, that'll deliver pizza and a two liter bottle of Diet Coke. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just stay there. Um, and you know, when you do that, if you have an, an entire room to yourself, you don't have to worry about the the weather, it's nice because then you can just unpack and repack everything. Right. Try to get a first floor room if you can, bring the bike in. Um, it's a real good way to sort through, you know, if you can lose something in your bag. You're trying to find the light and you can just sort of undo everything yeah. in your pack. If, yeah. you, if you really want to. And I, I benefited from that. And then you left from Milton mm-hmm. and went to? Uh, Milton, I, I actually, I went down through Destin and I went to, uh, where did I camp that next night? Pensacola. I went down through Pensacola. I, I oh, it was uh, uh, Panama City. Right. Panama City. Yeah, yeah, Panama City. And I spent two nights there. Um,
0: was that a campground? Yeah, that setup? was a
1: campground. That was not quite as nice. It was uh, real close to the water, uh, just across the street, essentially. But lots of traffic, lots of lots of things going on. You know, it was really like urban camping. It was an RV park that had some a little cluster of tent spots in the in the center, um, and it was it was workable. But uh, you know, I. The um, shower house was not as nice as the state park, definitely not as nice.
0: Which is uh, interesting because that state park shower house you said in Alabama was first class.
1: Yeah, it even had air conditioning.
0: Air conditioned. It was top notch. Top notch. So that, you rarely hear about that at a state park, yeah. at least most of the ones I've yeah. ever been to. I get the
1: impression this is kind of the crown jewel over there at Gulf State Park. It really was nice. It really was. And extensive trails, too. You could just spend time riding around the trails getting lost. But, um,
0: so that was a couple of nights in uh, Panama City, you mm-hmm. said.
1: Yeah, and that, the second day, I decided, rather than move on, so I, I made a bunch of other reservations down sort of the other, turning south. Um, but I wanted to stay an extra day there, look at this state park. It's called, I think it's called St. Andrews State Park. Really mm-hmm. nice little state park. And I just blew the day there, actually. I didn't do much, much cycling, just sat there and goofed off found a real nice little place called, I think it's called Patches Bar and Grill, it had some unexpectedly good food. Um, that yeah. was really good. Yeah. Um, but then I made the mistake of checking the, checking the news. And this is when the cases were really starting to spike. Um, and some states were saying, look, if you're coming back from these places such as Florida, we want you to quarantine yourself.
0: For like 14
1: days. Yeah, right? and yeah. as you know, when I, was gonna be coming back to Missouri, my son Caleb was graduating. I can't really be uninvolved with that, so.
0: Yeah, you didn't wanna miss the graduation yeah. thing they had planned up here, so your plan was, is okay, I gotta get back to Missouri mm-hmm. before they started enacting all these requirements for yeah. me to self-quarantine, et cetera, yeah. so. Then you had to figure out, okay, how do I get back to Missouri? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: so yeah. what was the solution to that? The
1: solution was actually not trivial either because, uh, you know, you look at rental cars. You know, U-Haul is actually more expensive than I kind of thought. And then you get, you can get a SUV or minivan and the places that were available there were pretty costly. So, uh, I found a cargo van uh, with Hertz. Uh, that was really pretty reasonable. One way, which was really originally your idea, we did some talking, yeah. one-way yeah. rentals. Mm-hmm. This was a cargo van, that I could actually stand up in, so it was really hard for me not to get a bunch of junk and bring it back to the
0: van. <laughs> <laughs> Oranges and Vidalia onions, yeah, right? that's that what would we be laughed about.
1: Alligator heads, whatever. But um, I knew I needed to bike home from St. Louis, so I, uh, from Panama City, not Panama City Beach, I had to ride to Panama City to get the to get the van, and then I went to. I probably get out of town by about eleven. So I just went to Clarksville, Tennessee, got a hotel, um, and then I get up and drove to St. Louis-Lambert Airport the next day. So
0: you turned in the cargo van at Lambert Airport, which we've always talked about. We've, th- this is a great method if you're somewhere and you need to get back to a starting point. If you start in locations that have major airports, there are usually rental options, whether it be cargo van, rental cars, that you can do one way, airport to airport. Mm-hmm. So you got to St. Louis, ditched the cargo van, yeah got back on the bike
1: and then what'd you do well i decided we've got the world famous Katy trail yep katie trail state park which is about 250 miles maybe 240 250. i wanted to ride the whole trail so um i got on the trail and i went all the way east in fact beyond the end of the trail i went to the river a little mm-hmm. town called portage de Sioux, uh on the mississippi river and uh saw that came back and I uh, camped at uh, Martha Martha'sville. They've got a you know, winery there and a couple. I got to check something off my bucket list, bucket list item. I wanted to be on a bike trip and stop and watch a baseball game played by total strangers, kids. Got to do that. They had a baseball tournament. Cool. So I cheered, got a little rowdy watching the baseball game. Yep. Storm came through. Fortunately, I was camping under a pavilion. So it didn't get wet at all, but there was some wind and thunder and lightning. It was a pretty serious storm. I was glad I wasn't just out in that one. Um, and that was, pre- that was a long day. That was about a 90-mile ride to get there because I had riding to do before I got on the trail. So that was a lot of, of pedaling. Um,
0: and then from Marthasville to?
1: Cooper's Landing, which we go there all the time yeah. from home. So it's really I was, what, about 20 miles from home at that point. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get the whole trail in. So, uh, interestingly, those two nights, I had some real adventures. Uh, didn't get much sleep. We had fireworks, some of which were actually coming at me. <laughs> Just trying to sleep in the hammock. Some, <laughs> some goofballs, uh, probably intoxicated, trying to set off their fireworks, and they knocked them over. Um, had uh, had a party at an adjacent barn grill one night that was keeping me up. I had what sounded like cats mating in the rafters and that... <laughs> pavilion. <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so one night at Cooper's Landing, and I get up real, early. I could not, sleep. could not sleep. I was right under one of those dusk to dawn lights. It was just not good. So I just got up about 4, 4.30, finally just packed up and got on the trail.
0: And you went from there to?
1: Sedalia. Yep. Sedalia. And that's, the, I decided I uh, didn't make any uh, arrangements for camping. could have. The, the, uh, the state fairgrounds I think have a ton of spots. I don't know if they're always open, so I just decided to get a hotel. I stayed at uh burned some more holiday endpoints in Sedalia. And um and that was good. I you know, I kinda needed some more rest. I mean these were long, hard days with um just a lot of heat. I mean yeah. I ended up every, every day being pretty dehydrated. Yeah. It was, you know, ninety degrees, lots of sun, I get lots of sunburn. So the the last day then, um from Sedalia, I went all the way to Clinton, the very end of the trail. Arranged for my uh, my wife to pick me up. And yeah. we, we stayed at a little little hotel, goofed off. Yeah. And we rode we drove the car back uh, through little towns, coal camp, little Germantown, went to winery there. A lot of wine on this trip. Mm-hmm. So
0: And so all told, what were, what do you estimate your mileage was probably?
1: So uh, you know, for the
0: Florida riding and then all,
1: For both, I'm gonna guess it was probably about
0: uh, about 600 or so miles. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of miles, a lot of days, even though you yeah. took some breaks in there, you had some hotels mm-hmm. or whatever, but you still, yeah. you rolled a lot of miles on the bike. Yeah. Well, what kind of things do you think you, like, out of all of it, when you look back, I heard you talk about the bugs, obviously, because you were sleeping in the hammock and yeah. didn't have the bug net. But what else did you kind of learn overall? You, you talked a little bit about hydration there when you said yeah. you were a little hydrated, dehydrated rather, mm-hmm. because of the, the heat and stuff. What kind of things did you learn? Uh,
1: that's certainly prep for hydration. Just always, and I used the method you talked about. Uh, set a timer and just take some drinks. Just do it, because I, I don't drink enough when I'm riding. Um, yeah, so just so
0: everybody knows, what we talked about was I'd started kind of testing this theory, I guess you could say, or maybe I had seen it somewhere, I don't know, but of setting a timer every 15 to 20 minutes on your phone and when the timer goes off, it's time for you to take a drink or two.
1: Yeah, a couple good slugs. And
0: it's amazing how fast that 15 or 20 minutes comes around. Absolutely. When you're riding, you oftentimes will go a really long period of time without taking a drink and you just don't realize it. And by the time you get, if you get behind, it's hard to catch up. Yeah, oh definitely. On hydration.
1: And I had been there. Hmm. I had to stop at a couple um, gas stations because I should talk a little bit about the harrowing experiences I had to. Um, with traffic and whatnot. But you know, when you really are exhausted and tired and needing nutrition too uh, and hydration, I, I had to stop and wait a little while and try and catch up. Yeah. Lots of electrolyte solution and just resting. Because uh, it, was, it was hot uh, and it was quite a big exertion. I had a lot of gear on the bike. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, that's one of the things I learned too is just little things are gonna go wrong with the bike. I didn't have anything major, you know, like I wore through the back tire a lot faster than I thought
0: um and we well, talked we talked about that we you know speculate that part of that might have been maybe it was a little underinflated, yeah because of the weight or something but also the heat of the pavement yeah. riding on pavement yep. hot pavement i mean really, florida yeah. florida sun beating down on blacktop that's yeah. hot yeah not yeah. to mention when you're out there the heat reflecting off that blacktop yeah. it, you know if it's 90 mm-hmm. to 95 degrees it's probably 105 yeah, bouncing back
1: at you. Yeah, it, I mean, it was really, serious.
0: really serious heat
1: and a lot of debris. You know, when you're going slower on a bike, you notice know how much crap is on the side of the road—dangerous stuff, glass, shards of metal, and all kinds of stuff. And it has been run over and ground up, and so there's just yeah. debris everywhere. It sticks to you, so you—you you go into a public place and you've been sweaty, little sunscreen, so everything's sticking to you. You just. You're you're a bit like a bird's nest walking into a gas station. <laughs> so you know lessons like that, um, and just little things uh, on the bike, little things that are now loose, popped off. The glue needs to be changed. The uh, bar tape, things that just now need a little attention. Um, and I did a pretty good job of getting ready for it. So I think if you do something like that, roll those those miles and condition, whether it's really hot, really cold, rainy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think. I think you're going to uncover some, some weaknesses in your gear, and that's when it's going to fail or start to wear.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, sure. yeah. So, I, and I was really amazed at the amount of wear you had on that tire too. It really did. I mean, you. I mean, you did put some miles on. I mean, since you had put the tire on, we were kind of adding that yeah. up. You probably, mm-hmm. you probably did 1,500 miles or mm-hmm. something like that, maybe more. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I didn't. Uh, I wasn't prepared for what. Uh, what happened down in Florida on that tire. I mean, it didn't fail, but uh, I'm planning to get it you know, changed out real soon.
0: No flats, nothing like that. No. Roll-off didn't cause you any trouble, for, no, of course. it's fine. Because uh, it's very relevant. Um,
1: the other thing, though, is even if you're, you know, we bike packed in kind of the wilderness, but I tell you, in a, in a highway and urban setting, you gotta be prepared for some dangerous road conditions, like a, a bike lane will just disappear. Where there's a lot of traffic, lots of high trucking, you know, presence, and all of a sudden, road construction or a bridge being constructed changes that. And I was—it's was going over the Pensacola Bay Bridge, and I was pretty darn uh, uneasy. On yeah. That. Um, yeah. In fact, I had to just go in center lane that wasn't supposed to be occupied to get across it, um, and I was—and that, that's when you're pedaling. You're, you're pedaling. I got to get out of here yeah Uh, yeah and so uh i was yeah i was kind of i was exhausted after that little trek so but it's fun i don't know that i would avoid it because of that but it's worth knowing that these things are going to come up
0: i think a lot of times the bridges are one of the more harrowing parts because oftentimes the bike lanes at least around here for sure in our area the bike lanes disappear where the bridges are yep some of them might have a pedestrian crossing, which oftentimes I'll take it even mm-hmm. if I'm on a bike because I would rather, you know, be in the pedestrian crossing than be out there sharing road space with a tractor trailer. Yeah, and... Because a lot of times those guys get over and they think they're past you and they're not, and you're not, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, we when we were on the Natchez one, that one time, we almost got sideswiped by an RV guy. Yeah, yeah. He thought, he, you know, he was over and started coming back and it's like, wow, dude, you're... You're close, and the Natchez is pretty friendly usually to most
1: cyclists. Well, the a lot wall of, of air that hits you it will mm-hmm. will knock you over if you're not prepared for yeah. it. and you know you have more gear on your bike, and so it's basically like carrying a piece of plywood. If a gust of wind comes, you're gonna you're gonna be pushed aside for sure. It's dangerous. It is, you know. So just to say, I had I had my flashers, and I had uh, I didn't put on the orange vest, but I had my helmet, and had had some lights going, but um but i you know it was too hot to have another layer it just was oh yeah i wasn't going to do yeah. that um so
0: good deal well that's a that's quite a quite a journey and really a lot of miles honestly i mean um, yeah. yeah you spent probably what uh, eight or nine days riding do you remember how Let's many days that. total was it yeah it's Actually, four the days bike?
1: for the katie um and yeah, it was probably Ten. about 8, probably 8. Because uh, one yeah. day I, I really kind of chilled out by the state park, didn't do much. Yeah. I did ride quite a bit that day I explored over on Dolphin Island. You know, that was a fair bit. And why it was really hot that day, too. But kind of a welcome change to be out on the ferry because of the wind picks up. And, right, yeah. Um,
0: well, it's certainly uh, the the added stress and difficulty with all of the pandemic stuff going on makes the camping aspect, the you know, finding camping spots, and then Mm -hmm. with, I think a lot of times what we might forget about, we talk about this a lot, that you can always find food, but the problem is a lot of the restaurants have been closed Mm -hmm. and or limited with hours or so forth, and, you know, you're kind of left sometimes to convenience store food, which is not always the most nutritious or healthy or the best for you, and sometimes finding the quantity, and not only that, convenience store food's expensive. Right, yeah. Stuff's not cheap. Yeah. Uh, when you couple that with buying a lot of hydration type drinks and you know you're using tablets but you sometimes you want to change you want something cold yeah I remember you talking about that I've needed something cold you just want something cold to drink you've got water but it's all you know ambient temperature water you just want a cold drink and so you go in you are buying these cold drinks it's gonna cost you more money to do those things even if you bring your own food along uh, you know, you're still probably going to wind up spending more in those situations that maybe you hadn't or wouldn't have planned for or thought about. Hopefully this kind of changes over time, but we're still kind of dealing with it right now, and maybe it's kind of ramped up a little bit again because yeah. of that. But well,
1: You know, the other thing that you find with, with getting water is the places aren't allowing you to come in, like gas stations, with your own cup and fill it with, with ice and water because of the infection risk. Right. So if you want water, you've got to buy a big bottle of water. Which, you know if Again, you, costly. Yeah, if you carry three or four big, big containers, you know you've got yep. to do it. Like I said, I wanted something cold, so I was willing to cough up the, the cash for it. Yeah, uh, I would go into a gas station and come out with a forty-four ounce, you know, ice with some other sort of drink and like three Gatorades. I would drink this one and pour one in it and drink it until the ice was gone. Yeah, you know. Um, it was, I mean, it was fun. It really was fun. I'm glad I did it and I would probably do it again. In fact, I'd love to go back and finish the Gulf Coast. You know, I had, I had plenty of time. That's a frustrating thing. I had enough time to maybe get all the way down the Gulf and do something crazy. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't think it was wise to stay any longer when I had this stuff to, to do at home.
0: You didn't want to sacrifice the personal time with the, with the fam and the yeah. graduation and celebrating that and all that. So that that yeah. was the right call. I think you did the right thing. Yeah. But because it was getting it was getting sort of iffy and some of those states now are are really you know setting yeah. some parameters people coming from here going to there and all this stuff and it's kind of yeah it's kind of crazy so that was probably the right the right yeah. move so the other day we're gonna shift gears for a second and talk about the other day you were riding and we're gonna do a review on the uh, thudbuster. thudbuster but you've you've got a thudbuster that you kind of show everybody you know is this the lt one
1: I think. I think I it's
0: CLT1 maybe. But anyway, Thudbuster, we're gonna do a review on this because you've had it for a while and we've never really mm-hmm. talked about it. But you were biking along <laughs> yeah. and you had a,
1: had a failure. Had a equipment failure. Equipment failure and so what happened? Well this thing has two bolts, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when the top one breaks and that's to adjust
0: the tilt and all the yep. stuff, just like you do mm-hmm. on a regular bike yeah, seat. Yeah,
1: this sort of adjustment and then tilt. And when this one broke, it just sort of rode up like this. And uh, so this front
0: bolt or you know screw, mm-hmm. it's kind of got a thumb screw end on it, so that you can reach in here to do it. Because with the Thud Buster, you can't get a, a tool up in there because yeah. of the, the little shock absorber piece. Yeah. It broke, and when it did, the seat
1: did this. Yeah. And yeah. That's quite. It's hard to ride when you're quite exciting, when isn't it? When, when you're when that getting an exam, yes. <laughs> and uh, was the Brooks still on here then? Yeah, I had the Brooks.
0: Okay, so then topic number two: you were able to get this bolt replaced from the local bike shop. Yep. Had one of these, mm-hmm. get it replaced. So it, it, what
1: broke was actually the bolt itself, and yeah. you don't know exactly why it failed. I don't. Just, I was adjusting myself. I was sort of like, okay, let's lean back on the seat a little bit. When this happened, was always on the phone. Yeah, I'm always on the phone when something like this happens. <laughs> I got my headphones in and I'm talking to someone at work. But um, and and then it made this ping, an unmistakable sound like that's not supposed to happen. Right. And then the seat's up, kind of all in my my anatomy, <laughs> and and uh, uh, nearly crashed because of the surprise. Um, and I just I just ended the ride and I had my son come get me. It wasn't too far. Yeah. May have been able to rig something up, but it was terrible because I had. I had this bag hanging on there and so there's weight and so it's just going to is just going to have this kind of force. Well,
0: what up. that made me think about was if something like that happened on the on on a ride yeah it'd be really difficult to figure out what to do with that. Now you could certainly do some zip ties this mm-hmm. to here and try to kind of finagle it down down there, but it's boy. never going to be
1: yeah you know that can be stable
0: stable <laughs> it might your objective then is just to get to a location where you can get some help you can fix it yeah and find a bolt or something some kind of a hardware mm-hmm. store and a lot of the places we ride towns wouldn't have that fortunately you're close to home and yeah. somebody came and got you it was just a Katie Katy Trail type ride you were actually on the MKT when that happened right, right? yeah but anyway the this sort of has been for a while though. You've been thinking about a different saddle. I have been. You've been riding on the Brooks for what two years probably?
1: Just about yeah, two years.
0: So mm-hmm. you've been thinking about a different saddle. We're going to do a review on this saddle, mm-hmm. um, and and I've done reviews a couple of them on the Brooks uh, historically. So you and I have been discussing saddle stuff because I've recently been making a, a change one. as well. Yeah. Yep um so tell us what what was going on with the brooks and then you had a b17 yeah the traditional Mm b17 yeah what was going on with it that made you want to change and tell us about your choice
1: i still have i've used it a ton and and there are some things about it that i I sort of like
0: i mean it's fair to say that saddle has thousands of miles
1: yeah oh yeah for sure yep
0: i mean probably I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it has eight or nine thousand
1: miles on it. Maybe so. I've spent over a lot two of
0: time years because you've ridden a lot. I've ridden a ton. Yeah. I mean, so, you did over a thousand miles in June.
1: Yeah. 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 Alone. Of
0: questionable wisdom, but I right. <laughs> so, so that saddle's yeah. got some miles in it. But yeah. you were yeah. experiencing discomfort um, or change or something. Yeah, in.
1: I think it's too wide, and you know the the edge of the of the uh, the leather. It just it'll 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 get you, and I. I don't know if it was that or where I was having pressure on my my butt there, but um, forty fifty mile rides or more, I was just starting to be sore. In a place that I mean, I could I could put chamois cream, and it was just not not there. It wasn't it wasn't getting any better. It wasn't ceasing to occur. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it
0: wasn't just like chafe. We're talking about more of a of a pointed yeah, uh, plate, yeah was, location of pressure, I guess, or yeah, whatever. i
1: moved it around and yeah. stuff, and so. Uh, I also have, like up in the, in the front end, uh, if, if I lean forward right a long ways, I can still get some numbness that, that occurs as a result of that. I, I didn't like that. So yeah. I thought, well, let's try it, you know, try something else. You know, still have it, can always use it. But when, when, when this broke, when the, when the seat post broke, I got, a, I got just a, a straight post because I didn't know if this could be fixed. And so I, I put the uh, Brooks on there, wrote it a little bit. And then I got this one, the charged spoon.
0: So, this is the charge spoon. Because yeah, a weird called? one. Weird with, color. With one. Uh, yeah, cool with the psychedelic brush. colors on there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people talk about it being a great seat for the price. This, this funny colored one was even three bucks cheaper than the others. That's why I pulled the trigger on this one. Uh, what was the cost? It was like 24 bucks or something. Yeah, that's that's What dirty I was cheap. seeing on Amazon was more like 27, 28, 29 mm-hmm. maybe in some yep. places. Um, so, I, yeah, that's what I did. I ordered it. It took a while to come in um and in that period of time I got the Thudbuster fixed and so I did put it on the other post first um but I realized at that point with the just the the plain old seat post I didn't appreciate how much cushion I was getting out of the Thudbuster yeah
0: that's so I why was, I, that's why I want to do a review specifically mm-hmm. about it but you yeah. noticed at that point that the Thudbuster really was giving you some a little, yeah. little more comfort it was. in the ride and I think sometimes we don't take or we sort of don't realize how how many how much micro vibration there can be even riding on blacktop, mm-hmm. you know seams even in the pavement. Even with
1: high volume tires, it'll yeah. still get to yeah. you. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, we're running big tires, but you can still feel some things. It's of course nothing mm-hmm. like road bike people. So hey, shout out to you guys. You mad respect for I what you guys that, put that up with, but
1: for miles and miles.
0: But yeah, guys yeah. like like us, we don't we don't like that so much. So yeah. Um, we're going to talk more about that in a future episode, but um, you've put a few miles on this, right? you, yeah. you put forty something miles on it yesterday mm-hmm. or was yeah, it yesterday? I probably
1: have fifty or so on it total now, maybe sixty. And it's um, different, definitely different. I can tell the the uh, the anatomic distribution where the pressure is and the frictions is occurring is definitely different. And so I'm changing sort of. I had to mess with the position, front and back, mm-hmm. and the angle. But um, I'm using, using chamois more often in different kind of areas.
0: This prompted a conversation with us the other day. Of course, saddles are about the most controversial thing you can talk about when it comes to bicycles, second only to, I don't know, anchors and sailors. is what mm-hmm. I always joke about because sailors are always debating about anchors. But a saddle is a very personal choice. And I've just recently changed, too. So we were having this conversation about and i was thinking about it as i was riding the other day every saddle has its own unique characteristics its own shape its own size and the way in which your body sort of sits or fits in it mm-hmm. and it it is there's so many movements height mm-hmm. you know distance forward and back angle and you're making all these micro adjustments to try to find out what work, works for you but at the same time when you change a saddle, I believe, from my own personal experience anyway, and maybe you can chime in, that your body has to then readjust to what the saddle is because suddenly there's pressure and, and chafe in places that it wasn't, but just because of the difference in design and shape. Yeah. So you have to really get your butt back in shape again for that new saddle yeah. at the same time while you're trying to make adjustments and get it to where you like the feel of it. Yeah. So it's a real challenge when you change.
1: Well, I agree, and I think it's a little frustrating because you know I just finished a period of time, and you wrote a ton just uh, recently too. So you think, okay, I've been riding a lot. I shouldn't have to do a lot of work to keep myself in riding shape. And then you go and change saddle, and it's like starting all over. <laughs> yeah. It really is, and you're like, well, crap. I thought I was kind of ready to put in some long mile days if I want to, and more trips if you want to go camping, and yeah. but now I, my, my, my. Uh, It's not necessarily limited by distance, but the amount of hours and I'll put in the saddle right now is limited because of that.
0: Right, yeah. And I I think you said something earlier too that we were talking about that we don't maybe always take into consideration is the material the saddle's made out of. So the Brooks, and and I'm running the Selle Selle Anatomica right now are are leather, and that leather has more, it's slicker on the top. And this is more of a fabric that has a little texture to it, Mm -hmm. you can feel almost canvas like yeah kind of canvasy like mm-hmm. and so there's different friction involved with that and the movement yeah. on there feels different and so anyway i'm looking forward to us talking more in depth about this i think one of the first things i noticed and you commented about it too is it's definitely narrower in the back yep it's mm-hmm. definitely got a little more slope
1: to it it mm-hmm. has
0: more curvature this way yeah. you know
1: and that got me i actually i put it on which what i thought was the same angle and I and I felt like I felt like I was getting a prostate check. Yeah, and so I, I put the nose down a little bit. Yeah, oh, I, so much so that you can sort of feel like, and you've talked about this before, you feel like you're going to slide off. But uh, I don't know. I kind of like the shape of this. I do. We'll see how this goes over the next, you know, week or two. And
0: Some unfortunately, months. you know, when you buy expensive saddles, the only way you can really find out is if you put miles in them. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Selle Anatomica. One of the things they advertised was that they give you thirty days, you can you can try out the saddle for thirty days and you can then return it. What what you have to remember though is the fine print is is that it has to be in like new condition or they basically Mm -hmm. kind of charge you a fee for the wear and tear. Yeah. Well I haven't even had that on there 30 days and we show you guys this sometime when I do a review on it. But it's it's obviously worn because it's a sweaty July you know, and I'm not gonna baby it. I'm not gonna put a cover yeah. on. I'm I'm here to ride the thing and find out if it works. And so there's no way I'm gonna return that saddle. And you know, it's a it's a 150 dollar saddle. Yeah. And so now you're gonna use it, and and if you don't like the saddles, you're gonna wind up putting them on a shelf or giving them to your kid and letting them try it, or giving them to a buddy and letting them mm-hmm. try it, or whatever. So yeah. I had kind of the same thing with the Brooks. I, I started to notice it. On This bike it just felt different than the old bike and maybe it's Mm -hmm. bike geometry and I could never seem to get it tweaked And I was having some pressure points in different places and one of the questions that I have and I maybe some Brooks Riders out there could comment Does it change enough over time with the wear on the saddle and everything that it just doesn't feel as good anymore? Everybody always talks about you got to break one in but does ever reach a point where you've over- broken it mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. And I know you can tension them and all these things, and I've tried that too, but I've never, it, it seemed yeah. like something changed. And maybe I changed, or maybe bike geometry bike changed bike. it all. Yeah. But I could never get it to sort of adjust and fit the, the, new, the new feel that I was looking for. So. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing uh, we've talked about is the, you don't have a lot of rail on some of them, so the Brooks didn't have as much rev. You really need to adjust, you know, forward and backward. And this one, this one's okay. I have quite a bit, a little bit more rail on this charged spoon, but if you look at the back, there's not a good way to really hang anything on here like you do with Celia Anatomica or the Brooks. Right. You know, that will support quite a bit of, of bag uh, use back here, but what I've sort of rigged it up here, and it's it's real, the attachment point is really far forward. And it's just not going to work long term for me, so I'm going to have to rig up something else that I can, you know, kind of move this anchor point to the back if I'm going to put bags on there. Yeah. So I'm just rigging it up now. That's why this bag is on there again because it sort of fits in that slot.
0: And this is really categorized maybe as more of a mount traditional mountain so. bike saddle yeah. as opposed to a touring saddle. Yeah.
1: You yeah. know,
0: quote unquote touring saddle. I guess you, you can tour on anything, but. Yeah. Well, that's interesting yeah yeah well i look forward to us doing a a, a long once you've put some more miles in it and i have no doubt that you'll do that um, what you think of it long term or if you decide hey this isn't going to work either uh, bang for the buck it certainly is affordable so you couldn't hardly pass up trying it anytime you can get a 30 thirty dollar or less saddle to to play around with you might as well try it you've got nothing to lose for that cost because by comparison some of these leather saddles or the fancier ones are not cheap yeah Um, I've heard people talk about the Ergon also I mentioned that to you the guys that make the grips They also make some saddles that are getting some reviews now and different things so but they're not cheap either You know
1: yeah, well I might be looking again soon, but i gonna give this one a shot see what it looks like. Yeah
0: All right. Well, we're gonna wrap this one up. It was good to hear about your trip down there Uh, bikepackers and tourists the touring guys probably um, are used to more of some of that stuff than the bikepacking guys who are doing more Mm -hmm. trails or Single tracks. The touring guys are used to maybe rolling a lot of highway miles, but there was some interesting things out of that. I thought that you learned, and that you know, you sort of learned about your bike and mm-hmm. just the whole scenario while when you're biking during this time too. I thought that was interesting. That you kind of you're in a, It's a different planning uh, process during a, this pandemic because of limited space, limited occupancy of restaurants, all kinds of
1: things. Yeah. So keep hey, that in mind. Change it on the fly. That's not easy to do always
0: yeah yeah so if you're out there and you're thinking about doing a tour or doing a ride keep that in mind plan ahead uh to really think about reservations and expect i think you even had a campground that you kind of tried to reserve and then it got canceled mm-hmm. on some of them and yep, yep. so just ex- expect the unexpected i guess is what we're trying to say during this time and hopefully this will kind of loosen up as time goes on and things change and yeah. who knows treatments and vaccines or whatever in the future i don't know what's coming but Keep that in mind for now because uh, it certainly has changed our plans this year about where we go, what we do, how we do it, all that stuff. Yeah. Keep that in mind as you're out there riding too and mostly just be safe. Um, wear your gear and if you you know have to put a mask on because that's what they require, put a mask on. That's the right thing to do and wear your helmet on the highway and all that stuff so you can be safe and get out there and ride though. I mean. It's interesting you see still see a lot of people out exercising people are enjoying it and it's uh it's safe and and fun to do There's plenty of space to be for all of us to ride and exercise out there, so get out there and make use of it while you can yep. and uh some miles in Rolling. make your butt hurt on yep. a new saddle or do something that's what yep. we've been doing yep. that's right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for watching these are Be up on YouTube, as always, on uh, the YouTube channel, and then also on the podcast players everywhere that Anchor FM distributes. So if you haven't followed along, be able to check that out. should be on Apple, Google, and every place else, SoundCloud, all those places. And we'll post it up there, and we will see you again the next time.